1: Ty's got good hair.
3: You know, it was interesting to hear how loud and obnoxious the guys were earlier in the week, Chuck. And they've kind of toned it down a little bit. And I think that the females are somehow going to get included in, in both of the, the parties. I don't think they're going to be sit upstairs. I think you are you were justified in your assumption uh, yesterday.
1: Well, it's funny how it works out that way. Yeah, You know, it always seems to work out that way. And, um, oh, everybody talks big at the beginning, all kinds of plans. But um, you'll learn that over the course of your life, that you make your plans, and then you find out what the real plans are. Yeah,
3: I'll give you an example. So we had this golf trip set up for Charleston where it was going to be a guys-only thing in August, and then the females of the group found out about it, and it has yeah. now turned into a wives, girlfriends, and fiance trip, which is fine. I've adjusted it, but it was initially just going to be a... I do trip.
1: You're not going to go to a place like Charleston, South Carolina and keep your wives away. Mm-hmm. You're just not. And those will be the most expensive rounds of golf that your buddies yeah. play. <laughs> I mean, whatever the green fee is, if it says $200, it's a $1,000 round. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be one expensive trip.
3: Oh, uh, I didn't think about it like that. Oh, they're, it's going to uh, be brutal
1: on those guys.
3: They said, and I quote, I would rather spend three times the money than deal with the repercussions of leaving them at home and Well, here's the deal.
1: Well, see, here's the deal. You're going to spend three times the money, and they're going to be there. So despite all the plans that you made, um, you're going to spend a lot more money than you thought you were going to spend. And they're going to be right there with you every step of the way. Well... It is going
3: to be a fun weekend, regardless of the wives, girlfriends, fiancés, family friends are involved, or if you're going to watch the second half solo like I am this weekend. There's plenty of NFL news to get into in regards to the, the Super Bowl. I did want to ask you, though, about the Dallas Cowboys that interviewed Rex Ryan earlier this week. And I don't, Chuck, make me understand. I don't get the fascination with interviewing TV commentators and personalities like Aaron Boone to the Yankees or Doc Rivers to the Bucks. Now, Ryan hasn't gotten hired yet. He hadn't coached since 2016. But, like, I look at all these examples over the years, and John Lynch, who's the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, is the only one where I'm like, okay, that worked. But there's other examples that just don't pan out. What is the fascination with presidents and GMs and owners saying, you know, we're, we're going to hire the TV guy that hasn't coached or played in, in a couple years. I just don't get that, man.
1: Well, first off, I think they're going to hire Mike Zimmer. I think they're going to hire their former defensive coordinators, what it looks like. But, you know, a lot of these guys, when they're out of coaching, uh, that's how they keep their name in the middle of the ring. And very frankly, I think a lot of coaches, uh, particularly head coaches, will pick up these side gigs when they're you know between jobs so to speak because it keeps them front and center and now first off let me say this doc rivers was a great player and a great coach before he was ever on television and uh, most of these guys were great players uh, and at least good coaches before they um you know before they were on television Uh, But I think a lot of it is they are front and center, and they don't go away. Because, look, most of these guys, if they've handled their money, most of them have plenty of money to live on. And when these guys were coaches, I promise you they hated the media every day, hated them. And the only reason that they would do this is to keep their hat in the ring, to keep their name out there with the idea they're going to get a coaching job sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't occasionally they're so good on television and the money's so good that they don't go back like bill cowher for example never went back so um i think it varies rex ryan was good was a good defensive coordinator very good defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. he was not a bad head coach um He's not going to get this job, I don't think. Uh, I think they're going to hire Mike Zimmer. But um, he's an interesting character, that's for sure. I'm I'm a Rex Ryan fan. I like Rex Ryan. Um, I don't know that he's a Hall of Fame coach, but uh, he's an entertaining personality, and he makes football fun. Yeah, and Sam Pittman's told
3: some funny Rex Ryan stories before, Chuck. I know with with you on Sam Pittman Live and also just in press conferences and whatnot because they worked, I believe, at Cincinnati – together and they went on recruiting trips or whatnot so he's been in again the coaching industry and his brother rob for quite some time and rob rob was the defensive coordinator for the dallas cowboys
1: correct or am i misremembering uh, that was during some of the uh, some of the dark years yeah yeah, I, yeah I, I think i think he was the coordinator for a while of course wow. you know buddy was a you know their dad buddy was a, a legendary <laughs> hall was. of famer i mean uh you know father of the 46 defense and the you know the bears in the mid-80s and people kind of remember at the end when he sort of lost his mind but he was uh, he was a heck of a football coach now yeah. when
3: sometimes like with Eric Musselman and his dad Bill you've got the Ryans and then you've got other coaches uh like Kyle Shannon and his dad Mike there's just that lineage and uh, when I think about the game this weekend and I think about so many different factors. And we can talk about the pizzazz. We can talk about it being in Vegas for the first time. We're going to get a chance to catch up with Tony Neville, who's the head of uh, sports and racing at Treasure Island there in Vegas, where we've been before. Uh, legacy is a, is a term that's been tossed around a lot this weekend. And I know for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who are barking on their third Super Bowl win in in five years, it's a big deal. Their fourth appearance, same with Travis Kelsey. Like, everything for them. They're trying to continue this dynasty and continue this run. I know for Brock Purdy, he's trying to lift the game manager title. But for Shanahan, again, with the football lineage of his dad, Chuck, this is, I think, of any player, of any coach there in Allegiant Stadium, it's the biggest for him. He's yet to win a Super Bowl. He's been there. He's been there as an offense coordinator. He's been there as head coach. He's been in the NFC Championship last year, but he hasn't gotten over that said hump yet, and he's regarded as one of the best coaches in all the game, but he still hadn't won that said championship. I think of any, uh, any guy, he probably
1: has the most pressure on him this weekend. Well, I don't know if it's pressure per se, but I'm sure he would very much like to win it because you don't know if you're going to get back. And when you get there and you don't win it and you get back, I'm sure you feel very fortunate to be there again. Uh, by the same token, probably also very determined to win it, and make up for what happened the time before. Um, I'm sure he wants to win very badly. I I, I don't know. Um, I don't know about pressure because I've not been in that spot. And but I'm sure he wants to win in the worst way. I mean, I, I'm 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 sure it's just eating him alive right now. Yeah. I I think
3: for for him as close as they were a couple of years ago, as close as he was in Atlanta. I like to be on that cusp and at this point they are the betting favorite even though I think a lot of people are picking Kansas City to win. He really feels like he's got a great shot this year with well, yeah. e- everything they have and everything that they've accomplished to this point in time. But for if you're a Kansas City fan and we've talked about this with Arkansas basketball, we've talked about this with other sports, other dynasties as well. Uh, I just don't know how this doesn't continue because I'm like you. I don't expect Andy Reid to retire. I don't expect Travis Kelsey to retire after this season. At some point, both those guys will. But Mahomes is 28, Chuck, and he's he's not at the beginning of his prime yet. He's in like the early middle. Like he's right where he. I don't know how they don't continue to dominate the national football. Like I'm looking for ways and scenarios, and if they still got their head coach, if they still got. Travis Kelsey for Mahomes running mate. I just don't see this again. This theme falling out like some people have insinuated. At some point, it's going to.
1: Well, I think you saw a little bit of a drop off this year in the regular season with them. Um, I think the question's going to be, and we saw this with the Cowboys in the mid nineties. For those who who, who recall that. Um, you know, football, for all the skill players, I mean, it's still decided on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, even in the professional ranks, you, you, you've still got to be good up there. And um, when you lose that, I mean, you can, you can go down in a hurry. And part of it, too, is it's, it's hard to keep the fire. You know, um, there's a reason why teams have not repeated. There have been Hall of Fame coaches. That have won championships since the last team repeated. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I can remember Bill Parcells used to talk about it a lot how difficult it is to uh, recapture that hunger the next year. Um, it, the most remarkable thing to me in sports is to watch a team do it year after year after year, but do it year after year doesn't mean that you win the championship every year. It just means you're in the hunt every point. year. And. Um, So, you know, hey, both these teams should be a great game. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it. And you mentioned the end the
3: hunt. That's a term that Andy Reid used earlier this week when talking about being in the middle of their dynasty. That was a question asked by the reporter. And the hungriness aspect, we know Pat still got it. And I know it's been questioned a little bit how much longer, again, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid had it, well, in the eyes of, or excuse me, in the in the thoughts of Patrick Mahomes, he's trying to keep these guys around as long as possible. I'm not going to anytime soon. I mean, I know the rumors have came out, um, but I haven't heard anything, and I know I'll probably be the first one to know whenever he's even thinking about it,
1: and so... Why don't you be preemptive and go over his house and tell him you ain't doing it? I, I talked to Tammy. Just don't tell Coach Reid yet. I oh, well, we're only yet. on an national radio show, yeah, so yeah, yeah, no yeah. one's gonna know. And I just, just
3: make sure that she just lets him keep yeah. going, just a couple more, you know, yeah. just let's keep, let's keep, keep getting back the to the I have a you're the snake too.
0: <laughs> just have a couple of those nuggies ready that's him, all you need him
1: and travis i'm gonna keep him going as long as i can he's not gonna walk away from patrick mahomes when he's in his prime he's not going to do that um he's 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 going to continue to coach i would suspect i, I would think andrew reed would coach another two or three years because i suspect that's about how long patrick mahomes will continue to be what we know right now um you know, so so much of it is is you know the the organization. Um, organizations will will fall for a lot of different reasons, A lot of different reasons. Generally starts with ego. Um, I don't know what their situation is from the outside looking in. It appears as though they've got a pretty good handle on that. Um, not sure though, and and we'll see going forward. And you know, how much longer does Kelsey play? Uh, do they? Um, you know, do they lose free agents? You know, do they lose mm-hmm. players? Um, do they lose receivers, skill guys, defensive linemen? All those things that, um, all those things you have to have to win a championship. I mean, what do they, you know, what do they do there moving forward?
3: You mentioned the, the ego aspect. and That's something I want to get into. I don't know Clark Hunt personally, but, um, But from the outside looking in, that doesn't seem to be an owner that wants a ton of the credit. And that was an issue with, again, the Dallas Cowboys with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. And they still won without Jimmy for one year with Barry Switzer. But I don't get a sense that the Chiefs within have a lot of internal ego problems. That team Mahomes comes across as a Brett Favre guy to me. He just loves playing the game. He loves to win. He's a competitor. And he just has that fire. Now he it gets the better of him from time to time, as we saw from that official earlier in the regular season at the Bills game. But that's a guy I want on my team. And then again, for Hunt and Reed and the rest of that guy, sometimes organizations they fall apart within. Like you think about the Jordan era with Jerry Krause, who's I, I know that again, the late Jerry Krause don't want to speak ill, but that was an issue with that organization that you had the players and the management clashing all the time that they could have maybe won another title in 99 but it just was severed at that point
1: well i don't i don't i don't look at the chiefs and think that it's going to be anything like that because they don't have those types of personalities and and you know just even though i don't think patrick mahomes is quite as great at football as jordan was at basketball i i don't think Mahomes is ruled by his ego the way Jordan was either. That's and, true. And and I you know some of that stuff with 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 Kraus um, was personal and it and it really went w- went too far. Um, but at any rate, I don't see that being an issue with uh, Kansas City. I th- I think that um, um, the thing you got to remember though is that you know other teams are striving to beat them and other teams are coming and if um, you know, they get a shot at him in a championship scenario next year. I mean, who's to say? Uh, I mean, who's to say Buffalo won't make a move between now and then that puts them over the top, or maybe Harbaugh is as good as advertised with the Chargers. And I mean, there are other teams that are coming, so uh, it's going to be hard for him to stay. But I don't think they're. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off or anything like that. I, you know, somebody will beat them somewhere along the way, but. I don't think they're going to go, you know, seven and ten next year. Yeah,
3: definitely a, a change. Harbaugh, I think, does want a crack at him. You could tell Justin Herbert. Apparently, he's reportedly really excited about Jim Harbaugh. You could tell Harbaugh's
1: not one of those guys that'll back down from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, but uh, Harbaugh's not playing, and this is not college football. And you know, you've uh, uh, you've got to play the hand you're dealt by your management and by your roster and all that stuff and uh, look he'll he'll do well there but the idea that he immediately makes the chargers a super bowl contender i mean let's get to the playoffs you know let's have a winning record get to the playoffs then we'll start talking about the super bowl
3: Ta- uh, chuck i saw on the ticker that the dodgers are spending like, what is it, 1, 1.2 1. 2 billion in the offseason. It was, it was an astronomical number. And I realized that with NIL and college football, no school remotely is reaching that number based on what the amount of players, but it kind of sparked a thought to me. I feel like there, there there's a million things wrong with NIL and the transfer portal in college football. But I wonder if like you could solve one or two of them, if you've given the opportunity to solve like a salary cap, like you had a structure and a salary cap for that, or there were multi-year contracts or two or three year contracts. And when you sign, you were allowed to transfer. I think two is more likely to me. I think a lot of this would be helped by having two year NIL deals instead of one. And again, I don't know every legislation, the nitty gritty stuff of all that, but Not that you couldn't help it with the salary cap, but I think a lot of what's wrong right now with so many transfers and so much uh, communication behind the scenes with coaches, on players, on other teams, would be helped by having two-year deals.
1: Well, but you've still got the transfer portal. I mean, you can still leave whenever you want. Uh, You may forfeit the rest of that NIL deal, but you'll get an NIL deal at the place you're going uh look the players have all the advantages right now the idea that you're going to bring this thing um you know under control as a lot of people like to like to say uh i don't have an optimistic view that that's going to happen in fact i i feel pretty certain it's not the you know there are all kinds of uh there are all kinds of things that you could do yeah you could sign a guy hey i I want you to uh, uh, represent my company, and we're going to sign you to a two-year contract. Now, obviously, you got to play for this team, and um, it would be nice if you were good. You know, it would be nice if you were a good player, um, and uh, you know, we're, we're going to pay you for two years. Well, at the end of that year, Ty, if things aren't going well, and he says, well, I'm going to leave. Well, if you leave, you're going to forfeit that NIL money. Well, the place I'm going has got me Does. an NIL deal, too. So I think people have this hope that there's going to be some sort of logical conclusion on all this. And all I've got to say to that is good luck.
0: Yeah,
3: and it's hard for me because I come from the perspective of I think I think you share this as well that I want guys to be able to make money. Like I don't I don't want to prohibit guys from being able to go out there and make money in some way, shape, or form, but with no structure whatsoever. And again, Arkansas in the first year had success in football, had success in basketball, and had success in baseball. And unfortunately, since then, it's gone the other way. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of the NIL and Portal. I don't know if that's just the circumstances that are or it's coincidental. But what I do know is... One year good, two years bad. For basically the three years that we've been doing this.
1: Well, I, I mean, you can you can probably say that about a lot of places. I I, uh, um, uh, I just think this is the world that we live in now. This this uh, this idea that you're going to change things, that you're going to make it like it once was, uh, that's a pipe dream. That's that's just a pipe dream. I can remember. When, you know, I was hosting a show in the mid-90s, I mean, almost 30 years ago. And the discussion even then was about paying players. And the conversation always got around to, how are you going to make it work? You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, everybody's for the idea, but the devil's in the details, as it always is. And um, how are you going to pull it off? Mm-hmm. And so we got to the point where the courts, you know, made it apparent that, you know, there's there's going to have to be money for these guys and the devil's still in the details and it's not been worked out equitably. And it can't be because, you know, there there's there, there's just no standard set of rules. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got an idea. Patino's there. Uh, Rick Patino threw out the salary cap thing the other day and mm-hmm. got people talking about that. You're talking about multi year deals. None of this stuff's going to make it like it once was. Um, it is, it's, it's a whole different deal now. This is how it is. You know, this is how it is. Yeah. Um, now, is it sustainable? I don't know. That quarterback at Georgia just bought a $300,000 Lamborghini. I just wonder how long people are going to give money so a college kid can buy a Lamborghini.
3: That's a good point. Yeah, Carson Beck, oh, what do you know? Another Georgia player gets a fast car. I'm sure nothing will go wrong with that in Athens.
0: Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877 377 6963. McCarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
3: your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
0: Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
3: We didn't get a chance to interview or Green. I would love to interview Dre and Brandon, but they're busy. But we do have an Arkansas connection for you this morning. Tony Neville is the head of... Of the tre- of Golden Circle at the Treasure Island in Vegas, and we got a chance to go there last year for the NCAA tournament. Gonna go see him at some point. I wish I could go there for the NCAA tournament this year, but I'll be uh, back here in Northwest Arkansas. So we didn't get a chance to catch up. He's really busy, but he made time for us this morning. What's the scene like in Las Vegas? Tony's about to tell ya. you. Yeah, know, I talked to this guy on the phone in a while. Last time I saw him in person was in March of 2023. It's our friend Tony Neville with Treasure Island. He is the race and sports director at the Golden Circle there. And I got a chance to go to an NCAA tournament game, visit Vegas for the first time under his uh, his company, which was awesome, by the way. If you haven't been out to Treasure Island, it's a great time. Tony, what has this week Lynn, been like, man? It's good to have you back. Uh, Super Bowl, other festivities. Uh, how How crazy has it been in Las Vegas this week?
4: Well, you know, it's been a great time here. They've got the whole NFL experience taking place, you know, over at the stadium, also out at Mandalay Bay in one of the convention centers. Uh, Today, we're working on our parlay card, getting it ready for distribution. We've got all the props up, and people are just looking and searching for information pertaining to the Super Bowl so they can, you know, form an angle to attack us bookmakers with, with what they see as perceived value. So we're really excited about uh, everybody being a, a football detective at this time.
3: What's the craziest prop bet you guys have got out? or you thinking about putting that? I, I'm sure there's plenty of them you could choose from.
4: We, you know, we, we really don't look at it from the crazy side, but the ones that um, give us the most excitement and give the betters uh, the best part of the game are what we call alternate point spreads where we deviate away from the existing number. And currently we're using the 49ers minus one and a half and 47 and a half on the over under. But with the alternate point spreads, what we do is we increase the value of certain teams and, uh, and increase the return on them. So, for instance, you could take the 49ers and lay seven and a half points, but yet you'll get plus 225. And what that means is if the 49ers win by eight points or more, for every dollar you bet, you'll win $2.25, which would mean collect $3.25. And it goes vice versa. You can go and take the Chiefs, Instead of taking plus one and a half, you can take the Chiefs and lay seven and a half points, and then you get plus three dollars, which means if the Chiefs win by eight points or more, for every dollar you bet, you win three. So you'd bet a dollar, you'd win three, you'd collect four, but the Chiefs would have to win by eight points. So we get a lot of people that don't want to lay the traditional point spread, but yet they like the idea of either gaining or are sacrificing more points to get more value on the bet on the game.
3: We're talking with Tony Neville this morning. He's the racing sports director again at the Golden Circle in Treasure Island. I've been, my friends have been. I was telling Tony a couple weeks ago that the one, the place where they won the most money gambling was at Treasure Island. So if you're a Vegas person, you need to go see my friend Tony. Tony, give me a sense of like, you kind of laid out Mandalay Bay and Allegiant Stadium and all the NFL stuff. I know the sphere has been putting out the chiefs logo and the San Francisco logo. How NFL centric is it this week comparatively to other big, big events of the year?
4: Well, actually it began a week ago. You know, there's preparation that goes into the involvement of it, but you have to remember when, when you're in the, what we call the hospitality industry, uh, we have to go above and beyond. Not only do we, work with the professional leagues. I mean, we have so many conventions coming here to Las Vegas. So whether it's the F1 race or this NFL uh, Super Bowl, this is our first Super Bowl. We have a relatively brand new stadium. Our stadium is only about two years old. And so this experience, when people come into Vegas, we want to make it top-notch first class. So, of course, not only the Treasure Island, but every other location in town is offering Uh, certain types of specials, whether you have a ticket to the game or not, but to where you're going to watch the game. For instance, we have Gilly's Cowboy Saloon here at the Treasure Island, and we have a big viewing experience going on there. People are going to pay $200, but it's all you can eat and all you can drink from about two hours before the game kicks off till about an hour after the game's over with. So no matter how you cut it up, whether it's the NFL experience and you're going out there and meeting and greeting the people on Radio Row, or you're just, you know, meeting other people from other parts of the country that happen to be uh, fans for each of these teams. Because remember, America's a lot different than all the other countries around the world. We are raised where we grow up, we go to school. If we go to college or go to trade school, a lot of times we move away from our hometowns, but yet we take that love of our teams with us wherever we live. So we have Kansas City fans that come from worldwide. We have 49er fans from world, <clears throat> coming from worldwide. And both of these two teams come with premier organizations. So not only do they know how to build a fan base, they know how to keep their fans attentive day in and day out to everything that takes place with their teams.
3: Tony, I know you're always attentive to not just the upcoming bets this weekend in Vegas, but you'll send me different lines, different things throughout uh, the months uh, when we're talking either college football, college basketball, and others in the cases. Uh, College basketball-wise, I know the NCAA tournament is about a month off. Uh, Is there a single place in the world, even in the actual venue, that's better to watch college basketball in Las
4: Las Vegas, Nevada? You know what? Uh, We've made a commitment here. Our owner, Mr. Phil Ruffin, uh, wants people to come and enjoy the sporting side. He's a terrific sports fan, an even bigger horse racing fan. But when you come to Las Vegas for that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and my brother uh, Terry will attest to it, by the time Sunday comes around, you're starting basketball at 9 or 9.20 in the morning, and you're finishing about 10.30 at night, you know, the first uh, three nights of the of the tournament. And then by Sunday, things kind of wind up by about 8 or 9 o'clock that Sunday evening. But it's just uh, a tremendous venue here at the Golden Circle because we have the large screens. And the beautiful thing with us, Ty, as you know, we have two sides to our Golden Circle bar. We have the north side and the south side. Oh, yeah. So we're able to put the audio on one game on the south side and a different game on the north side. So we're able to kind of segregate our fans a little bit and and give more exposure and more excitement uh, to the people that are staying at our hotel or they're just coming over here to visit us. And another thing, and you know this, we are one of the only locations, if not the only location, that really has a sports museum with all the memorabilia and things that we have on our walls inside the Golden Circle here at TI
3: Yeah, and just a backstory on how we got connected. He mentioned, Tony just mentioned his brother Terry. Terry listened to our show in Hot Springs and uh, and shot over an email to Tommy about a year ago, and we got connected up with Tony. So if you're a Razorback fan, which all you listening right now are, and you want to go to the not just the best sports place to watch in Vegas, if you want to go to a Razorback Guy Casino, and you got to come see Tony, because again, not just the memorabilia, not just the fact that it's a locally owned casino, it's not corporate, not just the fact that it's all around awesome and you win some money there, but you also got to raise your back connection as well, which is a big part. it. And, and Tony, just to, just I, I've honestly, you put me up in some high rise, 26th floor. I mean, you way outdid yourself with me. I was floored by the, the type of treatment you guys gave me, but I mean, whether it's this week or weekends to come, you, always, you guys always can, can help you out getting people rooms and Relatively, like for for Vegas, you guys got really good deals at Treasure Island.
4: Yeah, you know it's it's one of the things because we're not corporate, our room rates may not be as high as some of the uh, bigger places. But the main thing about where we're located on the Strip, we're right across the street from the Fashion Show Mall. We're right across the street from the Win and the Encore, and we're right across the street from the Venetian Hotel and right next door to the Mirage. So if you're looking for a place where you can come and gamble and get a good bang for your buck and then be able to see everything up and down the Las Vegas Strip, we're ideally located. But the main thing about it, Ty, is having grown up in Arkansas, you know, I started out living in Paragool up in northeast Arkansas, moved to Little Rock, went to so many schools in Arkansas. I went to Arkansas State. I went to Arkansas Tech, I went to the University of Arkansas, finally graduated there. (laughs) Got my uh, taste of a lot of schools there in Arkansas. But the people of Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, they have those home-based values, which is what I appreciate best. And I know from my sister-in-law's house, you know, the sign right over the door says, "Uh, strangers treated the same as home folk, and that's the way I feel about it, too. Just love everybody from over there. From the what I call the old Southwest Conference.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, a lot of people uh, love and remember those days. Now, Tony, you were telling me we're we're in February now, but back in November, you guys had quite an event, kind of kind of changed Vegas a little bit. Formula One, which, if I remember correctly, is locked in for ten years. I know you were really you were telling me about this last spring how excited you were to have it. What was that event like, man?
4: Well, you know, it was unbelievable. It took them about a month and a half to uh, get the pavement right for the actual road course, which started right here at the uh, Treasure Island, went all the way up to Planet Hollywood, then hooked a left, went down another block, hooked another left, came in behind the spear, then hooked another left and came up between the Venetian Palazzo and uh, the Wynn Hotel. But here are these cars and these drivers And the cars are very, very light. And the thing that surprised me the most, these are all six-cylinder straight engines, but I guess they're running on some kind of fuel. These cars are going 232 miles an hour. And when they go by, they slow down to come around the curve, but then they hit that gas pedal, and they are flat flying. And with Gillies overlooking the Strip, uh, it was great. We had guests in Gillies. We had the sliding glass windows open so people could feel the coolness of the race and then smell the smell of the tires as they whipped around the corner. But it was such a big international crowd tie. Uh, we're just not used. We're used to NASCAR here in Southern Nevada. We have a couple of NASCAR races, but this introduction and the investment, the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada and uh, what F-1 spent to uh, make this a home for the next 10 years uh, is unbelievable, and it was fantastic because anytime we can introduce a new group of tourists to what we have here in the desert here in Nevada, it is fantastic. And, of course, for all of our fans that have never seen an F-1 race that come from Southern California or Northern Nevada, Southern Nevada, Arizona, and Utah, it was just another great spectacular event, which makes us the entertainment capital of the world down here, this little dot in the desert
3: now, Tony, last thing, and again, we appreciate your time, Tony Nevilles with us, racing sports director at Treasure Island, the Golden Circle. You've seen a lot of things in Vegas. You mentioned again, being a part of the hospitality industry. It's Vegas is built. You guys are built at Treasure Island for this. but have you seen it reach this level before? on the Super Bowl, two weeks, as you mentioned.
4: Well, this is, uh, like I say, it's likely we're on steroids. Super Bowl is just as busy. You know, March Madness is four days of just chaos. Super Bowl is typically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Late arrival's Thursday. But now with it being here, it's just been a steady stream. And, of course, starting tonight, it is going to be ultimate chaos because you're going to have... 52,000 people over in the stadium, but then you're going to have another 200,000 people visiting here, occupying not only our our hotel rooms, our timeshares that are across here, as well as our other locations, you know, down at State Line and over in Pahrump, over in Mesquite, down just anywhere and everywhere, people are buying up the hotel rooms. So we're going to have a big day on Sunday, and I think Saturday with that Hundred and ten college basketball games. We are gonna be just beside ourselves. I'm just praying we don't run out of ticket paper.
3: <laughs> oh man. That's uh yeah, that's an event. I, I can't do it this year, Tony. But based on our conversation, based on me talking with Terry about it too, I think it might have to make it over at some point. Again, he's really busy, but somehow, some way made some time for us. He's Tony Neville. He is the racing sports director at the Golden Circle in Treasure Island. Tony, we really appreciate your time. Uh, And always, you can always get that cheap Allegiant flight from XNA to Vegas to see our friend Tony and uh, experience a weekend like I did last year. Man, it's good to talk with you. I'll let you go because I know you got a gajillion things you got to do.
4: Can I tell everybody out there one last thing? Don't give up your faith. It's whole hog, half ham, woo pig, suey. Go Arkansas!
3: Again, that's Tony Neville. Kind enough to make some time for us this morning on the Morning Rush. Uh, Chucky, you, you kind of heard from him, man. It is, it is nuts. So in Vegas right now, but this and Tommy kind of laid it out this week. It they're so equipped for stuff like this. I know Super Bowl really doesn't parallel anything else, but it's almost like they it's it's something they, they they've seen before, even though they haven't.
1: Well, they've had a lot of big events in vegas and you know the super bowl is unparalleled in a lot of ways but if there's one place that's understanding of what it's going to be like i think it might be Mm -hmm. vegas now you know he said something i didn't know i'm i'm not an educated gambler but you can basically like set your own line i mean you can uh this this chiefs by seven and a half thing or go with the niners by seven and a half and you know, three for one and all that. I I didn't know you could do that. He is uh, he's a whiz,
3: man. He he, he just when he graduated, it's wild. He graduated college and went out to Vegas and uh, has been there pretty much ever since. So
1: uh, when it comes to because if you're a Chiefs fan, I mean, think about this. We got a lot of Chiefs fans out there. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourselves. And if you bet a hundred dollars on the Chiefs to win. You know, to cover the seven and a half, you win three hundred bucks, and I would think a confident Chiefs fan might <laughs> think about jumping on that.
3: Baiting him? He's baiting him this morning. No, really,
1: I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying that I didn't know you could do that. I, I as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm not an educated gambler, but. Uh, um that caught my attention.
3: Yeah, I'm pedestrian in that side of things as well. but I'm just I, smart enough to lose all my money. Well, I think, uh, so Tommy's on vacation the next two days. Chuck, I think that gives us the leeway to take it. I don't think that we're going to be working much around the NCAA tournament. So I think, Tony, if uh, we if we want to take two vacation days that Thursday and Friday. We that would open.
1: be the spot, huh? Yeah,
3: It would be a, a good place. Now, you'd have to. You know, hang out with me. But
1: are you are you saying the Razorbacks
3: aren't going to be playing? <laughs> I know that's I know that's a wild assumption, and really, maybe in some minds, an egregious one, since some think they're about to win nine straight games. But yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty fair to say that they're not going to the NCAA tournament at this point.
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Congratulations
3: to Hunter Yerchek, who has been appointed to the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. He's got a three-year term starting this fall. Chucky's the third Razorback Connection to be appointed. You've had Ken Hatfield, you've Jeff Lawn, who was at one point the committee chairman. And now uh, he's been tasked to, to help select, now moving to 12 teams
1: in the foreseeable future of the next three years. Yeah, it's a high honor for him. And um, clearly he's well thought of by his peers because they don't just, uh, you know, they don't just pass those out. So um, it's, uh, I'm sure, a testament to, to his body of work over the years. Yep. Definitely done some stuff. Baseball
3: team-wise, you got some news from the conference office yesterday from the SEC coaches that, Arkansas has picked the league to win. They had nine votes to win the Southeastern Conference. Kendall Diggs and Hagen Smith got selected first team after their seasons last year. Chuck, we're a week away from baseball, and uh, not only are Arkansas fans excited, but some SEC coaches think they're going to have a pretty salty squad this year.
1: Well, it sounds like they're going to. Um, what if they won the West? Is it four or five years? I think now. So they, um, I mean, they're 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 accustomed to winning, and I would imagine that they'll have a. I would imagine they'll have another fine season. I was looking as we were talking at the weather for next weekend. It shows 57 on Friday uh, and 53 Saturday, 55 Sunday. So uh, that's decent. I've seen it a lot worse in February. So... uh, I'm sure they'll have a big crowd. I was going to say, I've been out there opening day when it's been like low 40s, high 30s. So, yeah, you take that at that point. I've been there on opening day when it was flurrying. So, Mm. um, it's, (laughs) um, you know, to have 55 or 57 or whatever it's going to be on opening day is not bad. All right, that's your
3: Hog Update this morning, brought to you by our friends, as always, at Mr. Sparky. You don't have
0: to put up with any malarkey call. Sparky.
3: You know, there's a lot of reasons to like this Super Bowl ahead, not just the food that we get to consume, not just the fact that we have maybe one of the best quarterbacks in all time. In fact, I know one of the best quarterbacks of all times. Got a great coach in Andy Reid, dynamic matchup, Arkansas connection with Drake Greenlaw. You've also got the prop bets to look forward to as we welcome in our friend Sean from the Fence Man this morning. Sean, are you a big uh, prop bet guy around the Super Bowl? Do you like uh, when they go all over the place? There's some random stuff happening this
2: weekend, man. I, I'm not a gambler. I'll be honest with you. I uh, it's neat to watch and all that, but uh, I'm a, I'm a professional loser when it comes to gambling. <laughs> so uh, well, I can't even I can't even go across hey, the river over here to at, at the casino and, and win.
1: Sean builds fences for a living. <laughs> he works too hard for his money, and uh, I don't blame him. I don't either. All right, let's go and get into it. It is another Fenceman
0: Friday. Fenceman Friday picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. All right, we'll get to the coach that we think is going to win later, but in terms of the Gatorade
3: liquid that's going to be poured on this said head coach, Chuck, I'll let you start. Is it going to be purple, orange, lime, blue, red, or no Gatorade bath, which is the the highest odds of any of them that it doesn't have? I'm
1: going to go with
3: red Gatorade. Red Gatorade. What are the odds for that? Plus 400, Chuck. Wow. Plus 400. What are you going to do, Sean? Gatorade Bath which is it gonna be this weekend and you said water is the top one right now yeah, clear clear water is the second to last worst one so it's plus 1100 if you go water or clear I guess that's cherry Gatorade
2: uh, man Chuck took my pick at it, the red but um, you can jump in on that I, I why not I mean that you know that's a, I get yes fine no you know what I'm gonna go standard everyday green green great green gray. Green going yep. green yep Listen,
3: whether it's Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, they're both going to avoid it. Neither's going to get poured on the plus 2,000 one. Neither Gatorade, no Gatorade is going to be poured on the head coach because they're going to run off as soon as they win that football game.
1: Andy Reid's not running (laughs) off anywhere. If the Chiefs win, Andy Reid's going to get wet. I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach, and I love him, but let's face it. I mean, speed and quickness is not what he's built for. Not his forte. And if you
2: look at the last time he's been Gatorade, he's smiling and happy every time. I think he's looking forward to it. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. (laughs) Who decides on the
3: color, the team or Gatorade? I don't know. That's a great question. You think you could could fix
2: that, but I don't know. Uh, You could, maybe. Well, Gatorade's got 500 different flavors now. Well, whichever one they're promoting is the way it might be. I mean, who knows?
3: They got some new color. Uh, you know? Reba McIntyre, National Anthem, 86 and a half seconds, Chuck. Over or under 86 and a half seconds.
1: I'm going to go, uh, ooh, that's uh, what a minute twenty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go under. under. I, think, uh, I think I think I uh, think Reba's going to go right through it.
3: I think Reba's going to draw on out. I'm going to go Are over, you? Sean. Yeah, I think she's going so to.
1: Do we do we know what it's supposed to
2: take if you sing it normal? Does anybody have that line? I think what it's is that? Like
3: one fifteen to one twenty.
2: I think okay. is what it is. But I was thinking 110. 110. somewhere in that neighborhood though. Okay. Yes. So uh, I think she'll go over. Okay. All right. Last name Chiefs plus one and a half. Chuck.
3: Chiefs cover this weekend or the Niners yes. cover?
2: Kansas Chief- City.
3: Oh, uh, Kansas City's going to blow them out. We're a, we're a blanket, yep. wow. KC. I think I, I don't the think they're.
0: I don't think blow them out. out, but
2: yeah, too much Patrick Holmes this weekend. I so. think he's going to come and just. I'm his acrobatics are going to be insane. Yeah, he's unbelievable.
3: Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zouts the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing.
1: I just want to know that My vote in the meeting was our Valentine's promotion was going to be win a dream date with Ty, but um, clearly I got voted down. I thought it was going to be a great, great promotion. You know, win a dream date. With Ty Richardson, I wonder if that's marketable. Maybe Jen corks that up for next year. We get that. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, to me, it's a, you know, it's a no-brainer. You go out for some wings, <laughs> a couple of beers, <laughs> and uh, you know, so maybe you know, maybe a big plate of nachos or something. You know, something like that. And uh, I will say, I th- think it's workable.
3: I do too. You're probably right. I, I do know how to put on a decent day go to a
1: country bar you know something like that <laughs>
3: these are uh there's a difference between a boys night or a uh a soiree beforehand and then actually taking a young lady out to a a, a nice restaurant a dream going out date. to dinner
1: a dream so date
3: i think i could i could whip that up at some point in time see the deal is chuck i've found as i've entered this
1: industry well, that was my vote that was my vote oh, and did, evidently it it, it it fell on deaf ears did that did that did that Tommy shoot? It's not my first time down? around. I don't know why people don't listen to me, I don't Tommy.
3: either. Did Tommy shoot it down? Who shot it down? Tell me who shot it down.
1: Well, everyone in the room <laughs> shot it oh, down. Oh, everyone. Okay.
3: So you're on my side. It bro. was
1: the it was the laughter basically that kind of let me know that, you know, probably not. <laughs> Droned
3: it out. Wow. Oh, that's But rubber. I went to bat for you, man. Well, there's still 2025. 20, 2026 2027 2028 so dream date we got a couple years left i would i'm trying to think if i was in northwest arkansas there's there's a few nicer places i definitely haven't been to that i would take a a young beautiful brunette brown-eyed girl to at some point in time we'll have to we'll have to figure that out for next year because i think that is workable i agree 1000 percent i i
1: don't Honestly. Well, I mean, it's got to be on trade. I mean, you know, there's not any money <laughs> to check jans or anything like that. It's got to be on trade. Well, I'd, I'd
3: pay for it and then just uh, expense it. Tommy would have to pay for that ex- expense report, <laughs> which is the greatest. I mean, well. the two greatest phrases in business today are expensive. I guess it's two, three, expense it and commission. There's no... Three greater words in the English language in our line of work than expensing it and commission. It's just, oh, they're beautiful, beautiful words. Um, Speaking of Valentine's Day festivities, it's a little awkward for Eric Mussman come Wednesday night. I know they got a game tomorrow night. Hopefully they went both, so he's in a good mood on Valentine's Day with Danielle. But he's going to be coaching that day. Am I going to be able to coach that night? I, I have not talked to Danielle yet. I only look at the game in front of us, honestly. I had no idea who we played after Georgia. That's on Valentine's Day, I'm assuming? All right, well, I better go home tonight and talk to Danielle and find out what our plan is that night, too. I hope they win just for for Danielle's sake because I don't want him to be in a bad mood after uh, that Tennessee game. We know Tennessee is about as salty as a team as it gets when it comes to the college basketball side of things, but really Chuck, it starts again tomorrow against Georgia. I'm my dad. Hasn't been to a game at Bud Walton arena in, in quite some time. He's probably going to be donning Baylor stuff, even though he's going to an Arkansas game. But uh, I, I am curious to see the rotation of Devonte Davis, how he factors in and just how this team looks after a week off without playing a game.
1: Well, I think that's the biggest question, you know, is what's happened over the last three, four or five days on the practice floor. Um, Devo's back, and I know that's been big news and a much debated topic. And you know, we'll have to see. Number one, how much he plays, as you say, and whether or not it makes an appreciable difference. I mean, they weren't setting the world on fire with him before, mm-hmm. so um, I think people in their minds are hopeful that they'll see something like what they've seen in the past. And I'm sure they're, you know, I, I say there, I'm sure the coaches and the team are hoping it'll be something similar too. But um, you know, Georgia's, uh, Georgia led from start to finish uh, down there in Athens. Now, they've stumbled a little bit since then. And, um, you know, if you're going to turn this thing around, you got to win tomorrow. I mean, you've you, you just got to win that game tomorrow.
3: Yeah, there's important road games for a couple top-tier SEC teams this weekend. Bama goes to LSU. Uh, Tennessee goes to A&M. And then I, I, forgot, I remember this game getting scheduled, Chuck, but it's so weird to have Gonzaga playing Kentucky in the middle of conference play, 3 o'clock on on CBS. I I do remember, again, when this initially came out, but I'd forgotten that this was this
1: weekend. Yeah, Kentucky's using their open date to uh, schedule a non-conference game. Uh, They opted to do that, and I'm sure television had something to do with it. You know, Gonzaga is, uh, man, they've fallen off the radar this year. And it doesn't mean they'll stay off the radar when the tournament rolls around, but they've... uh, They've not had a real good year by Gonzaga standards, anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, maybe uh, maybe Kentucky gets a good win for the league right there.
3: So I found myself—I don't know—again, like, it's our job and more of your job with Arkansas basketball. But I've with the basketball season not going according to plan. I'm still watching a bunch of SEC basketball, still watching it, but I've really latched into pro Hawks lately, Chuck, and, and I don't know if you saw the trade, uh, Daniel Gafford, Big C's big Mavs fan. He's going to Dallas, so he's four and a half, five hours away, depending on where you are here in Arkansas. There'll be some people that could see Daniel play in the American Airlines Center. Uh, Patrick Beverly is now in the Milwaukee Bucks with Bobby Portis. You got two former, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, you got two former Razorbacks. Ricky Council has been playing a little more lately. He's been playing great. I've really, really locked in Um, to some of the pro hogs that have found themselves having success like Isaiah and Jalen who are on a one of the best teams if not the best team in the west in the Oklahoma City Thunder
1: so our Gafford got traded and um, you know he's going from one of the worst teams in the NBA to Dallas where you know they're um, at least you know um, better than Washington anyway (laughs) so um, yeah these 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 guys are fun to keep up with it's you, know, you you realize how difficult it is to break into the NBA rotation when you see players particularly like like black um, how good he was as a you know as, as a freshman um, and I'm sure that you know Anthony black and some of the others have you know they've they've mastered the next step in the progression pretty easily you know from the time they were probably in fourth or fifth grade I mean every step up, uh, they've mastered it in short order. It's a lot harder when you get to this level. And when you see some of these guys and you know how good they are and you see that, you know, did not play coach's decision, um, you realize how difficult it is to crack that rotation and to be a guy that plays every night. And it's, uh, it's not to be taken for granted. No.
3: And I, I think about guys, again, that um, it, it's taken a little bit longer for stuff to to materialize at this point. Isaiah wasn't playing uh, a ton initially when he first got in the NBA. Now he's a, a key player for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Jalen has been a little back and forth. And now he's – it. just – when it does happen, though, it's so fun. Like, it, I, it's so – we've referenced several times over the last two weeks about Brandon Allen – And Drake Greenlaw, two Fayetteville High School Bulldogs, two guys that went to Arkansas, two guys in the Super Bowl. And then for Jalen Isaiah, who are teammates on that, I think 2019 uh, high school state championship at Northside. And then Ricky Council, Anthony Black, Patrick Beverly, Bobby Portis, Moses Moody. I mean, I know your basketball team is not having success on the college ranks, but you sure have a lot of pro hogs that are having success right now, which I know has got to be encouraging for Eric Musselman and the athletics department.
1: Well, I mean, you know the, and you know we've talked before about you know how good those players were last year. I mean, you mm-hmm. got four guys from last year's team that uh, have have played in an NBA game this year. and how much that matters, you know how how much good players matter, guys that uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be among those teams standing at the end, you've got to have players that, at least some, at least one or two, yeah. that have professional prospects. It is fun when our guys are doing well. I'm old enough to remember when Moncrief really you know, had a stellar Ooh. NBA career and that was the first time that a lot of people in Arkansas became Bucks fans and more Bucks fans again now because of Portis and, as you mentioned, Beverly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is nice when you see your guys doing well.
3: And I think that when we bring that back to here in Fayetteville and we kind of transitioned to the baseball side of things like Hagan Smith, Chuck, that's a, that's a pro leaguer. Kendall Diggs, pro guy, Brady Tiger is a pro. There's several others on this roster. I know it's, it's, a disappointing football season and I know it's a disappointing basketball season and I know baseball didn't go according to plan last year with TCU getting hot and knocking you out of your own regional this past season. But it's like, what they have on the roster is leading me to believe that this team isn't going to come up short. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, which I actually think they are because it's 2024, 64, 94, 24. But I don't think people are going to be disappointed majority by this
1: year's baseball team. Well, you know, here's the thing you have to remember, though, about postseason in baseball you can be really good and still not get out of your own regional. And I think there's got to be that understanding. You know, Arkansas didn't lose the regional last year. TCU won it. You go back and you look at that regional last year. I don't think Arkansas choked. I think TCU won it. And and that's uh um you know, that's a credit to them. So sometimes that happens when you get into the postseason in all sports, but particularly in baseball. Here's the thing that I think is good right now and i think it's helped arkansas baseball i think it's helped sec baseball in general but arkansas is kind of caught up in this regard we see players every friday saturday and sunday that we're going to keep up with in the big leagues if you're a major league baseball fan you're going to see players every friday saturday and sunday many of whom some of whom anyway are going to be in the big leagues and that makes it more interesting you know when You've got players that you feel like are going to play in the big leagues. Like I I think of Kerstad most recently. You know, fans keep up with what he's doing in the minors. It didn't used to be that way because, frankly, Arkansas was like a lot of teams. You had guys that, generally speaking, would top out at, you know, double A AA or triple A. You might have one or two here and there that make it to the big leagues, but not very many. And now, you, uh, now you've got several. And so I think that adds to the interest too. But yeah, you've you've got good players on this team, but everybody else has got good players too. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the postseason, I'm not saying it's a roll of the dice. It, it, it's I, I don't I don't I don't want to make it sound like that, but it does have a lot to do with how the other guys are playing. It's not just about you. Um, so if you don't make it to Omar, if you don't make it to the championship series doesn't mean you blew it always. Sometimes it means the other guys won it. Now, sometimes you do blow it. But a lot of times, you know, when it's over um, and you really look at it honestly, the other team earned it. Yeah, TCU had a,
3: a kid, I, I want to say his last name was Richardson. That was just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he had a, I mean,
3: he had the weekend of his life. Yeah, and uh, had a decent year, I think, to that point for whatever reason. Got fired against the uh, the Arkansas Ragebacks at that point. Postseason basketball again that was the postseason baseball last year postseason basketball wise Chuck I know they went to the the NIT several I say several years back a few few years back I wonder if this team like with you've got several guys on the roster that will be playing their final college basketball season not because they want they they don't want to play anymore because their eligibility issues I wonder if there's still a desire to continue playing and I realize the NIT is again far less of an accomplishment than the NCAA tournament. I don't want to mistake that. But with half a conference season remaining, at least one SEC tournament game, I'm not saying this team's going to go postseason in a regional or in Dayton, but I wonder just if this team looks at an NIT possibility as something to still achieve and covet. And I wonder if that's if Coach Musselman is per- approaching that perspective as well.
1: Well, if you're asking, have they talked about. You know, we can still make the NIT. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they've they've they, they've talked about that. Now I think they. I don't think they've given up on making the NCAA tournament. I mean, if you've given up on it, I mean, let's just cancel the rest of the deal. Uh, let's not even go to Nashville. Um, I'm 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 sure as a team. Um, you know, you still play every day to make you know to make the big dance. Now the other stuff, I mean, cross that bridge when you get there. Um, and, and that's, um, you know, that's, that's, that's still four weeks down the road. The NIT is different now. Uh, it's, it's, it's 32 teams. Um, my understanding the way it's going to work is that, like, say for example, if there are eight SEC teams in the NCAA tournament, well, the nine and 10 in terms of the net, the next two that didn't make it terms of the net would automatically be invited to the NIT after that, you know, you might get in, you know, with an at-large bid. There's only just a handful of those, and I mean, literally a handful of those. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's been discussed. Though,
3: and here's the other thing I was thinking about in regards to that. So there is not a lot of benefits to losing in, in college basketball and being where they're at right now. The one thing I'd say is like, you know, how we talked about the NCAA tournament the last three years. Mus is, is like trying to not only game plan but also recruit you don't really have that element if they're not going to the NIT. I guess if they go to the NIT you're still technically game planning but it's not the same rigorous game planning I would think as a NCAA tournament game. So i I even wonder and he'll never say this. I even wonder if like you want to go to the NIT when you could spend all that time recruiting and I mean I don't think our fan base, I could be wrong, maybe I don't have the polls. I don't think our fan base would care about an NIT championship but I would think it would almost be I, – I, I hate to say, like, like what's the phrase that I'm, I'm missing for the NFL where teams – not tamper, but uh, fake, whatever. Tank. Yeah, tank. Thank tank. you. Um, I'm not saying you t- take the rest of the season. I just think there's maybe more benefit to not making the NIT at all so you can solely focus on improving for next year.
1: Well, again, I mean, I think you cross that bridge when you get there. I mean, they're what eleven and Mm eleven. Season ended today; they wouldn't be invited to the NIT. So, I mean, let's let's uh, um, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And I don't know in the transfer portal era, frankly, what your roster is going to look like at the end of a season. Um, Great point. You know, you may have guys with one foot out the door at halftime of the last game. I mean, their car (laughs) may be packed. Who knows? (laughs) So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, I, I'm just not sure that's going to be as relevant as maybe for the, for the bigger schools as the NIT would like. I sort of suspect um, as we move forward in the transfer portal era, uh, the NIT will be dominated by smaller schools because, let's face it, if you're a power five school, the only reason you wanted to go to the NIT in the first place was if you had a young team and you try to get them more prepared for the following season. Well, I mean, with roster turnover now, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't know that the NIT is not going to become even less relevant than it already is.
3: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent